0: Hello, I'm Bex, and welcome to The Week Junior Show. Today, I'm joined by three of the team from The Week Junior, the magazine making sense of the world for 8- to 14-year-olds. We have Bushra. Hello. Eve. Hello. And Michael. Hello. So the new issue of The Week Junior magazine is packed with everything you need to know about the most important and fascinating things happening around the planet and beyond. Inside, you'll find out about how a giant dinosaur was built to sink how Taylor Swift might help people learn Latin and how speaking another language can make you feel more connected to others. If you want to find out more about The Week Junior, ask a grown-up to go to theweekjunior.co.uk slash podcast and use the code podcast to sign up for a six-week free trial. On this week's episode of The Week Junior Show, we'll find out about Stephen Lawrence Day, the UK's new plans for clean energy, and the results of the Big Garden Bird Watch. Plus, we'll have a debate about whether it's time to change classic hot cross buns. Hmm, controversial. But before all of that, given that we'll be talking about birds, I want to know, what's your favourite? Bushra, go for it. Tell me, what's your favourite bird?
1: Mm, My favourite bird is white-headed Munia. It is native to Southeast Asia and... I spotted one when I was in Singapore and absolutely fell in love with it. It is like really tiny with a very distinct colored beak. It is very large for its you know, cute little small face and it is pale blue in color. They're usually pretty shy and fearful, but when one of them just flew over to me and sat on my palm, that was it. And I was like, okay, you're my favorite, yes.
0: <laughs> you got a bird to sit on your palm? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you're starting off strong there, Bushra. Uh, Eve, can you top that?
2: So my favourite is a parakeet, you know, those kind of green parrot-type birds. And for some reason, there's loads of them in southeast London, and they always come into my garden. And my dad puts a little apple in the garden, and parakeets often travel in pairs, and they come over and eat the apple. And when they're both eating it together, they make the shape of a heart, and it's just really cute.
0: Oh! Eve, that's a lovely story. All right, Michael, you're going to have to go some way to top that. Uh, what, what's your favorite bird? Uh,
3: my favorite is the toucan because of their their big, bright, colorful beaks, which just looks like something out of a cartoon. And I just think they're fun, fun name as well. Fun to say toucan. I just think it's an all round fun looking bird.
0: <laughs> a fun looking bird. <laughs> well, guys, there's three very, very strong choices there for your favorite bird. Um, I'm split on this one. I won't lie. Part of me wants to say penguin uh, because I think, although technically they don't feel like they're birds, they are birds and they're quite fun birds. But I'm going to go for magpie because magpies are the only birds I actually recognise when I see them. And whenever I do see them, I have to say, hello, Mr. Magpie, how are you today? Uh, Because it's a a kind of a a good luck thing where I'm from. Uh, So I'm going to go for magpie. um, And I also want to know what everybody's favourite fact is from this week. Bushra, what what have you learnt?
1: Um, So the Yellowstone National Park in the U.S. has launched an annual pass in exchange for a £1,500 donation. But what is particularly remarkable about this pass is that it will be valid after 150 years. That is in the year 2172. So the tickets will actually be used by donors' children's children.
0: Wow, that is... um... Okay, I love that. That is counting on people being okay with spending money and not really seeing the result of it. But I like that idea. Um, Eve, how about you?
2: So I found out that there's a post office in Antarctica. It's the most remote post office in the world. And they're looking for people to go and work there. And apparently one of the roles involved in the job would be counting the local penguins.
0: Maybe I should apply. That sounds like the perfect job for me. Good to know, Eve. If you don't see me next week, I'm busy counting penguins in Antarctica. Um, and Michael, how about you?
3: Uh, I found out that there are thought to be as many as 7,000 languages spoken in the world today, which is quite a lot when you think about it. I mean, I can barely speak one, so let alone another 6,999.
0: Yeah, gosh, I'm just mastering this one, to be honest. Uh, right now, it's time for real or rubbish. Michael, we we came to blows last week. Um, so tell me, what story do you have for me this week?
3: Uh, So Bex, could you imagine eating lion meat that was grown in a lab? Because that could soon be coming to shops in the UK. A company called Primeval Foods say that instead of farming exotic animals, they're going to grow their cells in a lab and then use this to make artificial meat that tastes the same as a real thing, but doesn't harm the environment or the animals. And so one of the items that's going to be on their menu is this artificially grown lion meat. And if this food passes all health checks, then they could even offer elephant, tiger, and even zebra flavoured sushi in the future. Now, does this sound true to you or are we lion? 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 (laughs) Get it? Lion?
0: (laughs) It sounds rawly rubbish. That was meant to be really. Um, I, okay, let me get this right. They can make meats artificially, and instead of making meat that we all eat like chicken or lamb or beef, they have chosen to make lion. Correct. I mean that seems bizarre to me like if you need meat, you know, make something we're going to eat because it seems pointless to make a lion. Uh, how we don't even know what lion. We're not nobody's missing lion meat. Nobody's like, "Oh my goodness, I miss my lion burgers." Right?
3: No, I mean I've not heard anybody sort of crying out for it. But I mean, maybe there is the demand there somewhere, if they're making it.
0: If So if this is artificially made meat, does it mean technically, if you eat it, you're like vegan or vegetarian still, because it's not actually from
3: an animal? It's a good question. I would mm. guess so. But you know, if it's flavoured like meat, maybe you'd still rather not eat it, I don't know.
0: It just seems pointless. Like, w- nobody needs this. <laughs> Nobody's like, I must have a lion hot dog. Um, and I, I don't understand... If you need meat, you would make it meat that we eat, surely. That a lion meat, for apart from like maybe a kind of uh, a kind of novelty. Who's going to eat that? Would, okay, guys, quick question: If you could eat a lion burger, would you eat it, Michael? Would you eat it?
3: Uh, maybe just to see what it tastes like, just out of curiosity.
0: Okay, Eve, would you eat a lion burger?
2: I'd probably like give it a lick and see how it tasted, <laughs> but I wouldn't go for the whole burger. Okay. Wouldn't be Bush- my main course.
1: Wouldn't be, okay, good, good answer. Bushra, how about you? Oh, well, I'm thinking of actually turning a vegetarian, so I think I'll I'll take a pass.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good answer. I I don't think there's much call for this. I think apart from the first kind of like, oh, it's interesting. I don't think people would. But. I mean, I'm, I'm all at sixes and sevens after what happened last week, Michael. So um, I'll have a little think about this. And if you're listening and you know, don't know the answer either, well, don't you worry. We can find out together at the end of the show. So now it's time for our three most interesting stories from the week. Uh, Bushra, what do you have for me?
1: Um, So the Big Garden Bird Watch uh, is world's largest wildlife survey, organised every year by a charity called the Royal Society of the Protection of Birds. This is a public event where people get a chance to, you know, help count the number of wild birds in the UK. And this year, nearly 700,000 people participated, including 60,000 school children, counting more than 11 million birds. Wow. Okay. So I'm guessing the results are in. Uh, Tell me what happened with the birds? Well, I come bearing good news. There is a rise in the numbers of Jay, a colorful member of the crow family. And also green finches have recovered this year, especially since there has been a major drop over the last 30 years, mainly caused by disease. And here I would like to highlight something for our amazing audience on how they can help stop the spread of diseases among the birds simply by keeping the bird feeders in their homes clean. This will help the birds thrive in their natural environment by getting access to clean food and water.
0: Oh, that is really good advice because I have a bird feeder and I don't know when I last cleaned it. So thank you for that, Bushra. That is very useful indeed. Eve, how about you? What do you have for us? So
2: the UK government has announced some new plans for clean energy. So they're hoping that by 2030, they want 95% of UK's electricity to come from low-carbon energy sources. So they want to increase the number of wind turbines and solar panels in the UK. And they've also announced plans to build eight nuclear power reactors for, for a new energy source as well. And the main goal is for the UK to have clean and cheap energy, and so that they don't have to rely on other countries for these energy sources.
0: Yeah, big plans. So what has the response been to these plans?
2: So some people have said that it's not going far enough. It's not necessarily going to help enough with the high energy bills that some people are struggling with at the moment. And the Labour Party leader, Keir Starmer, has said that the government should help to insulate homes. So put material inside homes to stop heat getting out, because if homes are well insulated, then less energy needs to be used to heat them because less heat is escaping. And that should be a priority so that people are spending less money on their heating
3: bills.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Eve. And uh, Michael, what have you been finding out about? Uh,
3: So on the 22nd of April, next Friday, it is uh, Stephen Lawrence Day, which uh, aims to help young people with education or training opportunities they may not get otherwise. And to support schools to fight against racism, which is treating someone badly or unfairly because of the colour of their skin or where they're from. Uh, Stephen Lawrence was uh, born in London on the 13th of September 1974 and growing up he dreamed of becoming an architect which is someone who designs buildings but on the 22nd of April uh, 1993 when he was uh, heading home he was approached by uh, a gang of white boys using racist language who attacked Stephen uh, and killed him and this crime uh, shocked the UK and Stephen's family uh, worked hard to make sure Uh, that those who had killed Stephen faced justice. But it wasn't until 19 years later in 2012 that two of the murderers were sent to prison um, and no one else from the gang has been punished. And the family's fight led to a public inquiry which found that the police were institutionally racist, which is when racism is part of the culture. So the first Stephen Lawrence Day took place uh, in 2019 and became an official celebration of his life. And uh, Baroness Doreen Lawrence, uh, Stephen's mother, said that the day was an opportunity for young people to use their voices. Uh, the Stephen Lawrence Day Foundation was also set up to help create an equal and fair society uh, and provide opportunities for all young people, uh, no matter what their background.
0: So how can people get involved now?
3: Uh, so many schools will be holding uh, workshop, workshops or themed lessons on Stephen Lawrence Day. Uh, but even if this isn't happening in your school, there are many other ways that you can get involved. So. For example, you could write a letter to Baroness Lawrence uh, explaining uh, why her son's story means so much to you, or you could take part uh, in a sponsored walk uh, with family and friends to make a donation to uh, the Stephen Lawrence Day Foundation. Um, And if you want to learn more about Stephen Lawrence Day, then we have a feature on it in, in this week's issue of The Week Junior.
0: Lovely stuff. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Now, as well as reading more about these stories in The Week Junior, you can also read a review of The Thief Who Sang Storms, a story about the importance of kindness and overcoming differences that will leave you with lots and lots to think about. It's written by Sophie Anderson, and here she is to tell us a little bit more about herself. Hi there, listeners of The Week Junior Show. My name is Sophie Anderson, author of The Thief Who Sang Storms, which has been selected as Book of the Week in the current issue of the magazine. I'm here to answer two very important questions. Firstly, do I like Marmite? No. Secondly, what was my favourite book growing up? The Moomins by Tuve Janssen. Alright then, it's time for the big debate. This week we're asking if it's time to change classic hot cross buns. Uh, So who can tell me a little bit more?
3: I can. So hot cross buns are a sweet and spicy baked treat associated with Easter. They're traditionally eaten on Good Friday to mark the end of Lent, although nowadays they're stocked in shops all year round. Uh, The cross on the top of the bun is said to represent the cross on which Jesus Christ died, the event that Good Friday commemorates. Uh, The raisins represent his body, and the spices represent the ones that were used to preserve his body. Now, in recent years, supermarkets have started to sell more flavours of hot crust buns, uh, such as salted caramel, toffee apple, cheese, and chocolate. So we're asking whether or not it is now time to change classic hot crust buns.
0: All right, then. Uh, it's going to be Bushra versus Eve. Oh my goodness, guys. Very excited to hear what your debate entails. Remember, you have one minute each to convince me and Michael and all of the listeners. So Bushra is going to go first. She's say- saying why it's okay to change classic hot cross buns. Whenever you're ready, take it away.
1: The reason that I support this argument is is very personal one and also a very important one. So raisins like how uh, Michael mentioned is is a very essential ingredient in the hot cross buns and I'm allergic to raisins. And although the allergy is very rare but it do exist. I mean I have one. So in other words I can never eat hot cross buns or I have to you know remove it and then eat it but the significance that raisins have in the Easter hot cross buns is kind of lost. Similarly some people might be allergic to th- the other traditional ingredients for example the spices. So by introducing different variety of hot cross buns, people like me who have allergies can you know try the ones that they and their body is happy with. So yes, I definitely think we should branch out and try different recipes with the the Easter hot cross buns.
0: Alright then, lovely, under a minute, and I didn't think of the allergy situation, that is an interesting one. Uh, So Eve, it's time for your argument against Bushra, Bushra, whenever you're ready, uh, take it away.
2: Even though some people are allergic to raisins, as Bushra actually pointed out, it's a very rare allergy. So you know, they already taste great, they've been around for years, they're a warm, sweet, spicy treat, you can't improve on that, it's quite wonderful and you know they do have their traditional religious meaning but they do also have some ancient superstitions surrounding them so apparently they ward off evil spirits they can prevent shipwrecks if you were to take it on a boat with you they can cure illnesses and if you were to hang it up in your kitchen then it ensures that everything you bake in the kitchen for the next year will be perfectly well risen and so I just think you know they've got such great classic traditions associated with them
0: that we should just keep them the way they are. Oh my goodness! Next time I go on a ship, I'm going to be taking a hot cross bun. Uh, Michael, what do you
3: reckon? I'm not sure. I mean, prior to this, I, I'd never thought that much about hot cross buns, and now both <laughs> arguments. I think I think Busher <laughs> raises a very important point that for you know people with allergies, it's good to have different options. But as Eve was pointing out as well, you have the kind of traditions associated with it. So it's it's a tough one. I'll be interested to see what our, our listeners think.
0: Yeah, I do love a classic hot cross bun, but I'm not going to lie to you. I have also eaten um, apple flavoured, orange flavoured, salted caramel flavoured. Even um, I've, I've been known to get out the the filling from a cream egg and smear it on top of a hot cross bun. So I'm, I'm not in any position to judge here. Uh, this is where the listeners need to let us know what they think. Respond to the poll right now at theweekjunior.co.uk slash polls or email hello at theweekjunior.co.uk with a video clip explaining which side of the debate you support and why. Last week, we asked if it was okay to post animal videos online. And most of you thought videos of pets are pretty cute, pretty funny. So 76% of you said it was okay, as long as the animal isn't stressed or upset. Here are some of your comments.
3: Tatiana emailed us to say, I think taking a funny picture or video of your cat, dog or animal is absolutely fine. What I don't think is fine is making your pet do something by scaring it.
2: One PopJam user said, Yes, pets are super cute and lots of people love them. They're an internet sensation, so should definitely be allowed.
1: Another PopJam user said, It's a good thing. Some animals have a big internet following and lots of money for charity has been raised by them.
0: Ah, some good points there. If you want to hear your voice on the podcast, grab a grown-up and record a video telling us what you think of this week's debate. Then send it in to us at hello at theweekjunior.co.uk and we could play it out on next week's show. Before we go, it's time to reveal our real or rubbish story. Michael, can you remind me what it is, please?
3: Yes, so this was the story that uh, artificially grown lion meat could soon be sold in the UK.
0: I just I just feel like people are so going vegan and helping the environment at the moment. I, I just feel like this isn't needed. I don't feel like this is a thing that people want. I feel like maybe people are growing meat, but it's like steak, like beef, or or, or like more regular normal meats that we might know. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say this story, and if you've got me on a technicality, I'll be furious. I'm going to say this story is rubbish.
3: Drum roll, please. It's real.
0: What? Really?
3: Really. There's no there's no technicalities here this time. This is a, a real thing that, a, that is happening. So maybe maybe one day we'll have to do a, a, a blind taste test to see if we can spot the, the lion meat.
0: Oh, my goodness. I mean, now we've been talking about it, I'm quite peckish, actually, and I can do with a burger. Uh, right, well, thank you for that. I'm annoyed I got it wrong, but I don't mind this week because it was a more straightforward answer. <laughs> so before we go, there's just one more thing we need to tell you about. It's uh, the Week Junior Newsletter. It's an info-packed email for the grown-ups who subscribe to the magazine and who want to know the highlights of each issue and some behind-the-scenes secrets as well. If you're a grown-up subscriber, you can sign up at theweekjunior.co.uk slash newsletter. And that is it for this week's episode of The Week Junior Show. So it's goodbye to Bushra. Bye-bye. To Eve. Bye. And Michael. Goodbye. Drop us a comment on popjam at the Week Junior, or email hello at theweekjunior.co.uk. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe or follow us wherever it is you get your podcasts. Bye.
3: Thanks for listening to The Week Junior Show, which is made by the same people that make The Week Junior magazine. You can get a free trial of The Week Junior by heading to theweekjunior.co.uk forward slash podcast and using the code podcast at checkout. I'm James Stewart.